this is a very exciting weekend for me. Full disclosure for all of our guests. This is my very first time to preach at Oak Hills Church. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you're saying that after we're done. Um, yeah, so um, I know what you're thinking, though. Some of you are thinking, wow, honey, we picked the one weekend where we missed Max, we missed Randy, and we got the rookie. Maybe you heard the story about the rookie pitcher who was struggling, and the catcher went to the mound to have a conference with him. And he said, I, I think I figured it out. I think I know what your problem is. You lose control at the exact same point in every game. The pitcher said, really, when is that? He said, well, it comes right after the national anthem. So I will do my best to keep things under control this morning, but no promises. But I'm excited because I'm like Aaron. I'm so excited because uh, we are in the third week of our series we're calling Believe, and we're asking this basic question, what do you believe? I mean, what do you really believe? If you were to dig deep down into your belief system, what would you find? And what we find is that it's a pretty important question because of the way that it impacts. Our beliefs impact the direction of our lives and the quality of our lives. Perhaps you've heard it said, I'll believe it when I see it. The problem with that is that much of life is the exact opposite. There are so many things that you will not see in your life until you believe it. And the problem with that is, you know, a lot of times as Jesus followers, what we want to see in our life is Jesus come out in our life. So we don't need the Bible to know that that's true. You don't have to be a Jesus follower to benefit from that. But if you are a Jesus follower and what you want to see is more of Jesus come out in your life, then it just makes sense that we would probe deeper into these beliefs to see what is really there. So I hope you brought your Bibles. How many of you brought your Believe books? Go ahead and hold them up high if you have them. Oh, wow, that's a lot of books. That's a lot more than when Randy preaches. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, go ahead. If you actually read your Believe book this week, go ahead and hold them up. Okay, that's good. Keep them held high. Elders are taking notes. Um, good, good. Hey, I also want you to know that in your study guide, if you have those with you, there's a place in the back of every chapter where you can take your notes uh, from the message. That way you can have them when you go to your small group. You've got them in one place. There's also a place in your uh, weekend handout that you can take notes and just slide that right into your Believe book. Um, so, all right, well, we're good. Well, one of the things that we want to do every week is we want to pray for one of our partner churches. You may not know this, but there are several churches in and around San Antonio that are partnering with us as we go through this series, Believe. So this week we want to pray for Baptist Temple Church, and we want to pray for Pastor George Syaspazon. So let's do that, and then we will dive in to chapter 2. Father, we do thank you for this opportunity to engage in your word. It is an honor. It is a privilege to be able to think more like you so that hopefully we can act more like you. Father, we do pray for Baptist Temple Church, and we thank you for Pastor George, and we thank you for their partnership with us as we journey through this to see what it is that we really, truly believe. And Father, we thank you for the partnership as we make your name famous across our city and beyond. And now, Father, may the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. O Lord, our God, our rock, and our Redeemer. And all those who agreed said, 
Amen. Well, last week we started with our first question. We asked the question, who is God? And we declared together that we believe that the God of the Bible is the only true God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This week we want to turn our attention to a second question. This question drives one of the most powerful beliefs in a person's entire belief system, and it is this. Does God care about me? It's a fair question. I mean, maybe, maybe you're a little bit like me. You look up in the sky and, and you see the moon and the stars, and maybe you hear someone say something like, there are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the earth's beaches. And you don't question the vastness of God. And you don't question the greatness of God. But if we're being honest, there are those moments where we can't help but wonder, could a God that great be that good? Could a God that great be that good when good things happen to bad people and and bad things happen to good people? Could a, a God that great be that good when our differences are irreconcilable or when our health fails or when our children are struggling, or when we hear one more time, sorry, we just filled that position. Those moments in life where we see the way that it is and the way that we pictured that it would be, and that gap creates the question, does God care about me? Well, if you've asked the question, I want you to know that you are in good company. Will you take your Believe books? You can turn to page 33, or you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 8. You are in good company because here at the bottom of page 33 in the bold is where we're going to read. This was penned by a man named David. He was a shepherd. He was a warrior. But God called him a man after his own heart. And listen to what he says. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you, what does he say? Care for them. It's a fair question. You see, it's, it's one thing to believe that God exists. It's another thing to believe that he's the only true God. But when it comes down to it, do you believe that he cares about you? Well, I do. And my belief is based on our key idea for this week. If you've been in your belief book, you've already seen it. But here it is. Say it with me. I believe that God is involved in and cares about my daily life. The first thing that I want you to see is that God knows you. So if you will, if you've got your Believe book, go ahead and turn over one page to page 34. Down at the bottom of page 34 where you see the bold print, or you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 139. So let's look to see what the psalmist has to say about how God knows us. He says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is is even on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. 
such knowledge. It's too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. But if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. God knows you intimately. How does he know? The psalmist tells us that he has searched us. God knows your name. Do you know it took my elementary school three years to get my last name spelled right in the yearbook? I'm not bitter. If you've got one of those names that no one can pronounce, God bless you, you're feeling my pain. But God knows your name, and he knows a lot more about than that because he has searched you. He knows every joy. He knows every hurt. He knows every disappointment. He knows every sorrow. He knows every detail about your life. And he does that for every single one of us. He does not slumber. He does not sleep. He does not relent. He watches over us. Like the psalmist, that's too wonderful for me to wrap my mind around. That's too lofty for me to be able to attain. It's an overwhelming thought that God does that for every single one of us. But it still begs the question, if he can and if he does that for all of us, if he knows us that intimately, then why? And the answer, it's what he chooses. God chooses a relationship with you. Could a God that great be that good? You see, you and I, we may not always be good. We may not always be lovable. We may not always choose God. But the beauty of this thing is that in spite of all that, he still chooses you. Listen to this in Romans uh, chapter 5 and 6 and verse 7. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, God died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did not wait for us to get our act together. He didn't wait for us to clean ourselves up to come to him. He gave his best while we were still at our worst. I'd have done any more to prove to us that he is involved in and cares about our daily life. So, what do you believe? That's what I believe, but... What do you believe? And what difference would it make? I mean, if we wrestled this down and we really believed that God was involved in and cared about our daily life, what difference would it make as we leave this place? What difference would it make in our city? Would there be less worry? Would there be more 
joy? Could there be less comp- could there be less comparison and more confidence? Could there be less prejudice and more love? Could there be less despair and more hope? Could there be less fear and more boldness? I told you last week how much I enjoy hearing many of the stories as you come into the office, many of you getting your Believe books. One particular story uh, was passed on to me by our, my ministry assistant, Marlene, and she said, I gotta tell you this story, and I love these stories. She said, a man came in, and uh, he wanted to get several books. I asked him why, and he said, I wanna get them for every person in my department. I'm, my plan is I'm gonna take a book, and I'm just gonna set it on everyone's desk before they get there. The guy seemed a little nervous because he wasn't sure how the gesture would be received, particularly from a couple. She prayed for him, and she said, you know what? We're going to pray. She prayed, God, would you go before him? Would you be there? Would you be involved? And the man left. He went on his way the very next day. The very next day, the guy comes in, and he is so excited. He has to tell us not only that he wants more books, but that the prayer worked. Can you believe it? I I walked in there, and God did what you asked him to do. He, he went before me. I put all the books down there and, and someone went over. One person picked up the book and they looked at it and they said, thank you. I have been waiting for something like this. He said, another person said, oh, wait, this is from my old church. Maybe I should go back. <laughs> By the way, if you're here this morning, welcome back. And then he said, somebody else came up to me, put his hand on my shoulder and said, that, that was a bold move. You see, he never thought of himself as bold before. But he does now. Perhaps you've heard it said, I'll believe it when I see it. Church, maybe, maybe what the world needs a little more of is we will see it because we believe it.